0: The New
1: York Jets are now on the board. Okay, Jet Vance, Darrell Revis. Being in New York has been one of the greatest blessings. Zach Fifth Avenue, brand that one right now. The New York Jets flag.
0: Welcome to another episode of NFL Draft Preview. Ethan Greenberg, Dane Brugler recording on a very special day because it is 2-2-2-2-2 on a Tuesday. How often do we get one of those? Probably not very often. We were just talking about it, but... You know, I feel like we should do something special on this special day. What do you think?
1: Let's talk about safeties. That, that sounds like a pretty special thing to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe we can get, you know, we're not going to do this, but I was going to say, in retrospect, maybe there should have been some special teams, right? A special day for some special teams. But instead, we're going to safeties.
1: Well, I, there's some pretty special players uh, at safety in this class. So I, I think that uh, it, it still fits for for this special day.
0: Well, I think. With that being said, let's start with your number five overall prospect, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Didn't finish the year because of an injury. But I'll tell you what, Dane, before we get into him and analyze him as a player, a lot of Jets fans, I would say, see the mock drafts that have Kyle Hamilton to the Jets at number four. And I don't feel like the temperature of Jets Twitter and Jets fans really are in favor of that move. But I want you to make the case for Kyle Hamilton being a legitimate option for the Jets at number four.
1: Well, I think it's perfectly fair uh, for you know those fans to to feel that way, and uh, you know I, I think just looking at the Jets and the organizational philosophies that this front office has, you could make the argument that they don't value a safety. Um, you know, no matter how talented he is, uh, that they don't value a safety with a top five, top seven, you know, that that high of a pick. So I think it's you know it makes sense why there'd be a little bit of pushback. But if you're going to draft a safety early, it better be a special one, and Kyle Hamilton is that, exactly that. You could make the argument uh, pretty easily that he is the most talented player in this entire draft. Uh, he's a very rare guy, 6'3 half, 220, but he has the range that he can play single high safety. Uh, you know, He has that versatility where he can uh, come down and play in the box. He can play over the slot. He can do all these different things that you want a safety to do uh, and, and be a, a, a matchup weapon. And that's what today, uh, today's NFL with offenses, uh, you know, with going, uh, you know, using tight ends the way they do, using all the receivers for route combinations the way they do. You need defensive backs that not only have the athletic ability, but also the intelligence to match what the offense is doing. And Kyle Hamilton does that. So um, you, you could look at him and just the physical traits and be wowed. And I, I think that he's going to do that at the combine. But I I think the most impressive part about Kyle Hamilton is his intelligence, his ability to understand situations, understand what the offense is trying to do and get a head start. You know, if anybody doesn't need a head start, it's this guy because he has that burst and that range. But he's able to get that head start because he anticipates. He understands what the offense is trying to do. And so that football IQ is very much a part of why we're talking about Kyle Hamilton as a potential top five pick in this draft.
0: You know Kyle Hamilton just watching him for the couple games that he played this year you, you really can set, you can really tell how long of a player he is how much of an impact he had on that Notre Dame defense but you have him listed at 6'3" 218 just throwing this out there that's not too far off from a height weight that jets like to see in their linebackers do you think he has the frame and could potentially creep down towards the box and play a little linebacker if he's asked to do so
1: No doubt. Uh, Part of the special uh, ability of Hamilton is the versatility. You know, I, and I think that, uh, you know, if you're going to draft a player like this in the top five, top 10, you have to understand that he needs to be moved around because that versatility is very much a, a part, a big part of what he does. So you want him playing in the box. You want him playing deep. You want to use him all over to be that matchup weapon. So he has the instincts to do it. He has the physical tools. To do it, um, the versatility is very much a part of why we're talking about Kyle Hamilton as a top five pick. Not just uh, you know the physical traits and uh, you know the way he sees the field, but his ability to be deployed in so many different areas. So uh, I really you know he he frustrates quarterbacks, and, and that's that the job of a quarterback is to create conflict for the defense. The job of the defense is to frustrate the quarterback, and I think Kyle Hamilton is exactly that type of guy who can do that uh, pretty early in his career.
0: So with the Jets last season, Dane, uh, Robert Sala kept talking about the evolution of the defensive backs as a whole is to not get their hands on the ball, but to really turn it over. And just looking at Kyle Hamilton, three interceptions in seven games this year, eight total in his career. Do you think that Kyle Hamilton you, you said that he anticipates well. You wrote that he anticipates well. Is he that guy that can create that can turn the ball over for defenses at a pretty early stage in his career, if he were to be drafted by the Jets, let's say?
1: No question. Three years in, uh, in South Bend and uh, two of those years, two of those seasons, his freshman year and his junior year, he led the team in interceptions. Um, and like you mentioned, he only played seven games this year, still led the team in interceptions. So uh, this is a guy that doesn't let uh, interception opportunities go to waste and he also has returnability. He has a pick six. Uh, I think he has 80 total interception uh, yards. So he, he's a guy that, uh, you know, for a body type that like, like that, he can easily carry 230 pounds and still have that athleticism. And he's got the ball skills to do it. So he's got a basketball background. You see that with the way he moves. He, he was big time in the AAU circuit uh, growing up. Um, and so just a, a player that uh, understands when the ball is in the air, he has a chance to go get it. And more times than not, he does.
0: So for your safeties as a whole, you have Kyle Hamilton at five. Then you drop off almost twenty spots, eighteen spots. Daxton Hill at twenty-three. Before we get into Daxton Hill, just what is your what is your take on the safeties class as a whole? Where you know is there is it a good class? Is there more depth in the later rounds? Like what's the crop of safeties that Jets fans should be expecting come April?
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say it's probably middle of the road in, in this draft and uh, just in terms of uh early round talent, overall depth. Uh you know, there's going to be a few of these guys that have a chance to go first round like Kyle Hamilton, um a couple in this on day 2, second, third round and then a couple uh fourth, fifth round and then more in 6th, 7th round. So, I don't know that there's necessarily a a sweet spot so uh, so, so to say for the safety position in this year's draft. If you want to go uh, for the the high end, expensive version, you draft Kyle Hamilton. If you want to go with the you know solid first round pick, I, I think Daxton Hill is more your speed. You could wait till day two, and there, there's some more guys we'll talk about. Um, but I don't think it's important to point out too that there's different types of safety, just like there's different types of wide receiver. You know, slot, outside, different types of route runners. Um, you know, with safeties, these guys all it's a very diverse package of skills with what Kyle Hamilton offers compared to what Daxton Hill offers. And I think that's very much part of the conversation when we talk about these safeties.
0: All right. Well, you said something that caught my, caught my ear. We have to make an analogy now kind of have a little bit of fun here on the NFL draft review. You were talking about Kyle Hamilton being the expensive safety. Yeah. We talking cars, like how are we going to make this analogy? You want to go cars, you want to go like designer clothes. Like what, what are we doing here? Like is Kyle Hamilton, let's say, you know, like an Aston Martin and Daxton Hill's, like I don't know, a uh, different car, or you know, I, I don't want to put the car name on Daxton Hill. Like, what is the analogy we're making? Because now we have to make one.
1: What uh, What about prime Wagyu beef uh, brisket? Uh, you know, he he, that's the top. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna barbecue and you're gonna get the best of the best, you're going for Kyle Hamilton. Um, you know, but if you want to maybe get still a really good piece of beef, uh, with uh, you know, a prime cut. Uh, then maybe go Daxton Hill. So, you know, it, it's all about uh you know, you get what you pay for. Uh that's true when you're barbecuing. <laughs> it is it, true with a lot of times with these prospects.
0: That that was that was I knew I liked you. That was a that was a good analogy. I like that. And also just real quick, it was nice in the in the New York area on Monday and a little bit yeah. this past weekend. You, you get outside and, and slap something on the grill or your smoker, or or you know, you're too busy grinding the tape. Yeah,
1: no, my, my wife asked if uh, we could do some steaks. And so we did, did, did a couple fillets. That's her favorite cut. So, uh, yeah, did a couple fillets on the grill and yeah, it was great to actually be outside oh, yeah. without a, a, a winter coat on and, you know, worried about, <laughs> uh, the, the snow, it was raining a little bit, but you know what, for, uh, February in, uh, the Northern part of the country, uh, I'll, I'll take anything above 40 degrees.
0: I, I second that anything above and Ohio is definitely a little colder than New York, but if it's above 40 degrees, you know, that's shorts weather in upstate New York where it's definitely colder. And I'm sure it's shorts weather for you in Ohio. So your wife's preferred cut filet, your preferred cut is what? You seem like a ribeye guy, I think.
1: Yeah, bone-in ribeye. It's got to be. That's the most flavor. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The best marbling. Uh, You know, you get that cowboy ribeye. It's, uh, that, it's the
0: total package.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, is that, that that's your favorite too?
0: Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. I mean, what's, it, it, not to, it, it, what's not to love about it? There's too much to love about it, one. And, and it's just everything that you want in a steak to me is is packed into a bone-in ribeye.
1: Yeah, bone-in is important, too. You know, it adds just a little bit extra flavor. Uh, I, I think, yeah, it's uh, – I'm, I'm a medium-rare guy. Uh, yeah, give me that cowboy ribeye, medium-rare. Uh, I can't do much better than that.
0: All right, so I'll see you in St. Elmo's for two cowboy bone-in medium-rare ribeyes in a couple of weeks. How about that?
1: All right, I, But you invited me, so that means you have to check. Then is that right, or is that how that works? Or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, got it. You got, oh. I'll, I'll, I'll pay. I'll pay. That's fine perfect. with me. No crocodile arms here. You when you're in when you're in indie you, and you got to go to Saint Elmo's or Harry and Izzy, <sighs> you, 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 you got to go. You, it's, it has to happen. And we'll get a shrimp cocktail, obviously.
1: Uh, the, even their bread is like I get excited about their their, their bread is amazing, <laughs> and so they have this Asiago. Uh, it, it, I, I don't, I can't even describe it. It's just awesome. Just uh it's a great, one of the highlights of going to Indianapolis every year.
0: You know, I didn't, I didn't think that at 10 45 in the morning, I'd be talking about St. An Elmo and bone in cowboy ribeyes, but I needed it because now I'm, now I'm starving. I'm ready to go. I'm going to leave this studio. I'm going to go right. make myself a cowboy steak for dinner. That's what I'm we're, we're,
1: we're, we're, we're talking about safeties. I can't even remember. What, what was that? I, th- I think that was, the, the... <laughs> I
0: I, th- I think we were talking about Daxton Hill and Michigan. That's right. That's right, right, definitely yeah. cold in Michigan. So if, If we're reeling it back in here, which, you know, I don't necessarily want to do, but I don't think anyone listening really wants to hear us break down steak. We can do that. We can continue to sparse in our our food preferences throughout the course of the pre-draft season. But Daxton Hill, you write in your evaluation that he's a nickel defender, but you have him at safety. So can you just describe his play style and why you think he could be versatile and where he best projects in the NFL?
1: Yeah, we just you know talked about the versatility of Kyle Hamilton uh, and just how, how different of a player he is. Uh, Daxton Hill, he has a, a lot of versatility as well. It just looks a little different. Um, I, I think he is the, in a lot of ways, the ideal modern-day nickel defender for the NFL. Uh, not the biggest guy in terms of uh, just build and length, but his package of skills, the athleticism, the toughness, um, the football IQ, it's all there for him to – cover the slot, he's an outstanding blitzer, really good in run support. The competitive toughness is outstanding. Uh, He's a guy that, you know, one play, he's gonna lay a lick coming downhill, uh, the the next play he's covering the the slot fade. So, I mean, he can do a lot of things from that nickel position, covering the tight end, covering the slot receiver, um, really showing up in run support, uh, the athletic twitch that he plays with, the transitional quickness uh, and his awareness, really, really impressive. You wish he was a little bit bigger, uh, just so you know, he could handle some of the you know the rugged uh, parts of the position. But you know, in a lot of ways, it reminds me a little bit of Darnell Savage, uh, who was a first round pick a couple years ago of the Packers. Uh, just you know, all the different ways that he can impact the game. The, uh his explosiveness, he plays fast. I think Dax Hill could be that type of player.
0: You know, I I probably do this a little too much in terms of comparing prospects to you know Forty ers players or players that Robert Sala and. Jeff Ulbrich have coached, but just from a height weight perspective, I, I do think it, it has value here and there. Jimmy Ward is somebody that Robert mm. Sala talks about a lot. And Jimmy Ward is 5'11", 192 on a quick search. You have Dax Hill listed at 6'0", 192. But so we're talking about essentially the same height and weight. Is there any form of Jimmy Ward's play style where you line him up everywhere to Dax Hill's game?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, I think you're spot on. That, there's a lot of parallels there because uh, Jimmy Ward, you know, when he was coming out uh, as a prospect, it was like, okay, is he a corner or is he a safety? Then finally, we got to the point where like, okay, we're overthinking it. He could do both. If you want him to cover, he cover. You want him to play safety, he can do that as well. He has the requisite athleticism and toughness. And I think with Dax Hill, it's the same type of deal. Uh, it's just that Michigan they helped us a little bit because they played him. Uh, as that slot nickel defender, but also using him, uh, you know, in drop situations as more of a safety and things like that. So uh, I think that with, with Hill, there are some parallels with the Jimmy Ward and all the different ways they can impact the game. So that, that makes tons of sense.
0: You know, another guy that comes to mind, and the Jets signed him, I think to play that Jimmy Ward style position, and he tore his triceps in the first game. I think it was his triceps, LaMarcus Joyner. And obviously, he's not the biggest guy coming out of school. What was he? Would you consider Lamarcus Joyner in that same boat? Like, is he is he corner? Is he safety? Or is he a blend? And in the NFL, I think he's proven to be a blend. But was that? Do you think that's the book on Lamarcus Joyner coming out of school as well?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, you wish you were a little bit bigger, but the fact that he can impact the game in so many different ways—in run support, uh, in coverage—you can line him up at different uh, spots on the field. You don't have to hide him um you know again there are some times where a tight end will make a play over him because he doesn't have that elite size and we'll see that from time to time with Dax Hill uh doesn't have that elite length that ideally you look for same thing with Darnell Savage but all these guys are in the same family uh when you talk about versatile defenders back end that can also uh win downhill uh guys that are going to impact the game in different ways because of that versatility and that's why we're talking about Dax Hill as a potential first round pick
0: all right that uh- so there's some comparisons there to be made. Again, I just want to make it clear to anybody listening. I'm not saying Dax Hill is Jimmy Ward or LaMarcus Joyner, but that kind of hybrid role is something that the Jets do have in their defense. And it's definitely something that San Francisco had. And Robert Sala says that he uses the Jimmy Ward comparison a lot. So just something to keep in mind. But another guy that we've talked about a lot, just because of his performance at the Senior Bowl, is Jalen Petrie at a Baylor. Mm-hmm. Before we dive into him a little more, where was Jalen Petrie in your mind and, and either your top 100 or just how you viewed him as a prospect before the Senior Bowl, and how do you how has his performance changed the way that view, you view him? Because I think it's important to really establish how important that week is for prospects.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he was viewed somewhere uh, in the middle of day two, you know, maybe that late two, early three uh, type of range. Uh, and I think he moved up a little bit uh, where – now you're looking at him uh, middle part of second round, maybe early part of second round uh, because, uh, again, versatility. Uh, it, again, he uh, played at a defense in college that showcased that versatility. I'm not You're not going to find many safeties that have 18 tackles for loss, but that's exactly what uh, Petrie did as that star uh, defender in uh, Dave Aranda's defense, that scheme where one play he's – it's where's Waldo because one play he's – uh, you know, the back end of the defense, the next play, he's an edge defender. Uh, he'll play a lot in the box. And so with with Petrie, it, he's got that, that hyper-competitive athleticism and the instincts to line up in a lot of different spots and impact the game in different ways. That's why he was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. That's why he was a consensus All-American. And that's why he went to the Senior Bowl and, and really showed out, showed that, hey, I'm a safety that uh, is not just a safety. I'm a hybrid that can do a lot of things, and I'm going to help your defense in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, we keep talking about versatility and hybrids, but among the guys that we've talked about, maybe even in this class, is he the most versatile safety in the class? Would you say? Uh,
1: you know, I think it's a debate because I think I still think Kyle Hamilton. Uh, his versatility is just that's a big part of what he does. Um, I, but I think Petrie is definitely in the in the conversation because he's got the cover skills. He, he's going to challenge uh, receivers man to man. He's got the downhill instincts where he's going to come downhill and hit you. Um, I think he's got a great feel for proximity and angles and spacing, and that's so key for uh, for a safety. If you're playing deep alignment, you're playing closer to the box, you're playing close to the line of scrimmage, you just have to have a better understanding of that football geometry, and, and I think he does. So that athletic versatility, that spatial awareness, and, and then just the competitive urgency, uh, that's what really stands out with Petrie and why I think he's going to be a great fit wherever he ends up in the NFL. But
0: he's a potential – landing spot around where the Jets pick in the second round, right? In the 35, 38 range. Is that too rich or is that like about spot on if they wanted to go in that direction in that round?
1: If he comes off the board in the early second round, I don't think anybody would raise an eye and say, oh, wow. Or, you know, be surprised by that. I, I think that again, a lot of teams, they're looking for playmaking safeties guys that can match up with offenses as you know, the more offenses get diverse and the way they figure out ways to beat the defense, you need versatility at the safety position, uh, you know, guys that can play all three downs, that can play in any situation, and Petrie's one of those guys. So, uh, no, if he goes early second round, I don't think anybody would bat an eye.
0: You you know, in the same breath of Jalen Petrie's performance, making him an ascending player in the Senior Bowl, somebody that could have played in the Senior Bowl because of his age and because he's a senior and didn't was Jaquan Brisker, the Penn State Mm. safety. Has him... Not going to the senior bowl and not being able to see him kind of change the way you've thought about him, or has he been pretty steady at, at, in the 60s spot in your top 100 throughout
1: the process? You know, I, I think he's been around that range where, um, you, you see a good player, uh, you, you see an athletic player, uh, has range, he can cover. Um, there were a few things on a senior tape that I think made you, uh, you know, be create a little bit of concern. Um, You know, he's a little tight through his hips. Uh, I thought most of his uh, positive plays were coming downhill as opposed to playing in reverse. Um, I missed more tackles than you want to see. And I know he was a little banged up this year. So I I think that maybe there's a little bit of an excuse there because his junior year, he didn't miss any tackles. And so I think there's that, that's something that, um, you know, teams are kind of split on uh, that, you know, the what's, what's the difference between junior year, senior year, Missing uh, you know, the, the missed tackle rate going up so high, being a little banged up—that that's part of it. But in the NFL, you know, uh, almost every player is banged up week in, week out. So th- that's just part of the game. And so with Brisker, uh, really good player. Um, I think he's one of the best. Uh, you know, the coaches at Penn State say he's one of the best workers on the team. The consistency factor. Uh, he, he's the type of leader that holds guys accountable. So there's a—it's not a hard, uh, not a hard guy to sell uh, to a room. If you want to bet on Jaquan Brisker as coming in, filling a safety spot, and being a good player for your team,
0: that's a that sounds like a difficult situation. Uh, what you were talking about between the junior and senior year, like, and that just comes down mm-hmm. to each individual evaluator, though, right? Like, are you are you hanging your hat on the fact that maybe he was a little banged up, or are you just thinking maybe there is an issue there that didn't present itself as a junior? That comes down to the individual evaluator, though, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and you know, I think that uh, there's a re or there's a difference between reasons and excuses in, in scouting. Um, you know, with some with with some situations, there are absolutely reasons why a, a player uh, maybe you know they didn't have as much, much success. Uh, one year compared to another year. Um, you know, other times there's excuses where it, you know you you kind of create an excuse for why you're seeing uh you know the differences. Uh, with with Brisker, I do think there's a reason. I do think that he was banged up, uh, and, and you know that he was playing a little hurt, and that and that's part of the reason. But that's you know different teams, different evaluators, going to view that a little bit differently, and, and so it's something that teams will continue to try and figure out. Uh, as they go through the process, go through the combine, go through the pro day, Wish we really could have seen him um, at the senior bowl. I, I know he was uh, you know, pulled out so he could rest up and, you know, get, uh, you know, his peak health. And you certainly understand that. Uh, but again, there are some question marks there and, you know, that could be the difference between going top 50 and, and then maybe falling to uh, the third round.
0: The reasons and excuses, isn't that your quarterback adage? I remember you saying that, yeah. Last year, when we were talking about all the quarterback prospects, that you have to separate reasons and excuses. But it, and it applies every position,
1: yeah, exactly. I it, really in all all all, uh, all parts of life. I mean, there are reasons <laughs> and excuses, and you have to decide. Uh, you know wh- which one is it, and you know make sure that there's there's a reason you're not doing something, and you're not just making an excuse not to do it.
0: Right. Like, is there a reason you overcooked the steak or is there an excuse that you overcooked the steak? I'm not saying you in particular, right. when, when you made the filet, I'm just mean the general population, you, you know, reasons and excuses. Right. I get it.
1: Yeah. It, 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 sometimes it's, it's tough to control the fire, you know, with the weather and stuff like that. Sometimes you just, maybe you, you uh, you went inside to grab another beer. And so that there, there are reasons and there are excuses, no doubt.
0: All right. Great. Moving on here. Lewis Seen. Georgia feel like he's a guy where if you follow the draft and you follow it pretty well, don't feel like he's a guy that a lot of Jets fans or maybe just a lot of fans are all too familiar with compared to a guy like Jalen Petrie, who was at the senior bowl, Brian Cook at the senior bowl. So what is the book on Lewis seen And why do you like him as a safety prospect?
1: And honestly, I feel a little vindicated because before the season uh, I had seen as a a top 40 prospect back in August, uh, just because I was, uh, really excited about uh, the traits, and I think he lived up to it. I think he, um, you know, I, I think he's put himself in, in that early uh, discussion to be a possible potential top fifty pick in this draft. Um, uh, you know how much I love backgrounds, and you know to to learn where these guys have come from. Uh, this this is scenes background. Born in Haiti, grew up in Florida, learned to play football in Boston, became a top recruit in Texas, and then became an All American at Georgia. So a very diverse journey that it really concluded uh, at the national championship game where he was defensive MVP uh, for Georgia uh, to help win the national title. And so there, there's a lot on his resume, and you feel pretty good that he's not done. Um, excited to see where he goes next, kind of add another line to uh, to that extensive journey. Uh, he's, he's an enforcer versus the run. He's got athleticism versus the pass. Uh, you know he reminds me a lot of is uh, Xavier McKinney when he was coming out of Alabama a couple of years ago. Uh, just kind of that do-it-all safety where doesn't necessarily have many holes in his game and just, just a, a quality starter at the next level.
0: When a guy like Seen has has the resume that you dialed up and that you explained to us where you're born somewhere, you move somewhere, you move somewhere. And then all these things, does that say anything as an evaluator about the guy? Like, can you take anything from that as a whole that he excelled in all these different places? Or it's just, it's an interesting nugget as you continue to move on and and continue to
1: evaluate. It's important context uh, to figuring out, uh, you know, who he is as a person, who he is as a player, uh, understanding where players come from and adversities they've had to overcome. Uh, and with seen, you know, he moved around a lot. You know, he wasn't able to kind of put down roots because of, you know, family situation and, you know, wanting a better situation um, at all these different spots. Uh, you know, growing up, didn't play football in Florida. He goes to Boston, lived with his dad starts to pick up football starts to learn it and then uh you know goes to to texas as a senior and becomes a top recruit and so there's just so many parts of the journey that that are really interesting and you know his his mom uh lives in chile uh never been in the united states uh never has a chance to see him play football in person um and so you know with all these players their their journeys are unique and, and with seeing uh maybe the more one of the more unique journeys in this draft class
0: this guy seems like a content dream, right? Like if you're, we, we, we have a long form uh, documentary series here. And, you know, he seems like he fits the bill for us. Got to take that into account as we continue our own evaluation process. So that Lewis seen something to keep an eye on, uh, two guys, Brian cook, Kirby, Joseph real quick. What, what do you think about them? What do you like about them as players? And what's something maybe that you'd like to see at the combine, or you're eager to see how they perform in a certain drill.
1: Brian Cook, another um, uh, you know great story, grew up in Cincinnati, but at a high school only had one offer, and that was uh, Howard uh, in Washington D.C. FCS level. Um, but he was so good his first two years playing corner at Howard, entered the transfer portal, goes to Cincinnati, uh, had to sit out that first year, and then last year in 2020 uh, he was a backup behind two safeties that were drafted in last year's draft. Comes back for his fifth year, and this past year, his first year as a, as a true full-time starter, starts all 14 games, had almost 100 tackles, had double-digit passes defended. I mean, he had the senior year he needed to kind of emerge and show scouts that, hey, yeah, I, you, know, you haven't really seen me a ton at safety, but I'm a playmaker. I, 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 he's, not to be too hyperbolic, but he might be the best tackling safety in this draft. Uh, he is so good at coming to balance on the move keeping his feet wide in a stance and then wrapping finishing staying low as he strikes uh, the ball carrier uh, but he also has the skills where he, he has the athleticism to, to drop in coverage and, and make plays so uh, with uh, with Brian Cook I think an all-around safety who unfortunately we didn't get a, uh, get a chance to see him at the senior bowl now uh, he had a shoulder issue um, but he was very much a, a big part of what the senior bowl uh, was hoping to be um, and you know I think he's Uh, could very easily be a top five safety in this class. Uh, And then Kirby Joseph, another guy who, um, you know, both these guys, Brian Cook and Kirby Joseph, a little bit of one-year wonders, uh, but they emerged at the right time. They're playing their best football at the right time. Kirby Joseph, uh, he, he talking to him, he told me he, you know, volleyball in high school really helped him develop his football ability Uh, just in terms, not physically in terms of leaping, uh, but also, uh, you know, spatially. Uh, And so that's, I thought that was interesting with him. This past year, five interceptions. Uh, they played him deep uh, quite a bit in that defense, and so he covered a lot of ground. He has the athleticism to do it. The range is outstanding. Um, not the biggest guy. Uh, play strength maybe not uh, where you want it, but uh, he can track really, really well. He's got he's got ball skills. He can burst to close. I think he can be a special teamer early on. Uh, Brian Cook, to me, a guy that should be somewhere in the top 75 mix. Kirby Joseph right after that. So uh, a couple of quality safeties that should be starters uh pretty early at some point in their uh on the, when they're on the rookie contracts.
0: I like the volleyball football comparison. I think that's cool. It's pretty unique as well. Um, yes. and I might be making this up. Wasn't Mike Kosicki like that too? Like didn't Mike Isicki play a little was, volleyball? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, that's uh yeah, Kirby Joseph, uh coming from the Orlando area. He was the the Team MVP of the volleyball team as a senior, so a guy that uh, he, he he took it seriously. He was all about it, and uh, you don't you know usually hear about wrestling or basketball and track, and you don't get a lot of volleyball. But uh, you know you, you definitely see it with a few of these guys.
0: All right, uh, let, let's. Uh, we we've done this like every episode, so I have to do it. Give us a day three guy, right? I'm just going to call it Danes Day Three Dartboard, where you just give us one guy, you throw a dart, and you tell us who we should keep an eye on as the pre-draft process continues to unfold and really as their NFL careers will unfold over the next couple of years.
1: Uh, I'll go with Verone McKinley from Oregon, um, who is not the biggest and not the fastest. And that's probably why he's going to be a day three pick. But when you watch him play, you see a guy with smooth hips, quick reaction. uh, The football IQ is is terrific. uh, So he can create those turnovers, uh, 11 total interceptions in his career. So, again, the size, speed, uh, it's not what the NFL looks for. And so it'll be interesting at the combine to see exactly what those numbers are. But he's an instinctive cover man. He's got ball skills. He plays with timing. Those should translate pretty well to the next level. So um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, if he doesn't go in the top 100 picks, it's not something that would be too surprising. But somewhere early on day three, I think a team will get a pretty good player who uh, might end up outplaying his draft spot.
0: And McKinley was a late add to the national roster during the Senior Bowl, coached by the Jets. Just for context here, so the the Jets do have some familiarity with McKinley. So, all right, two more questions before we before we wrap up. Number one, you want the fun one or you
1: want the more thought
0: provoking one first?
1: Uh, well, let's finish with the fun one. So let's do the thought provoking okay. one first.
0: All right, the thought provoking one, and is simply put, given where the Jets sit and the Jets' needs or perceived needs, whatever. Who is a player that we either talked about or didn't talk about that you like to the Jets in the round that they have the selection in? Like, just for example, Jalen Petrie in the second round, Kyle Hamilton in the first round. Last week when we talked about linebackers, you thought Devin Lloyd was the right answer for the Jets. Mm Who is the player, given draft situation and player, that you think fits? what the jets want to do and also you think that fits where the jets want to select him or would want to select him uh
1: well i i would be surprised if Kyle Hamilton um i just i don't think that the organization the front office i think they've made it pretty clear how they view the safety position and listen Kyle Hamilton's different uh he's not your typical safety i but i i just i i would be surprised if they end up going safety in the top 10 so i don't think Kyle Hamilton's the answer here um, if Dax still were to make it to the early second round, I think that that would be slam dunk. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, just nickel corner, uh, nickel defender, all the different ways he could help you. Um, but let's say that he's off the board in the first round, Jalen Petrie, I keep coming back to him, that versatility that he offers, um, you know, with the different ways he can impact the game. Uh, you know, he's a smart player. He's, he's experienced. Uh, he's, he's a, a fifth year senior. he's played a lot of football. Uh, over 50 career games at Baylor, the hyper-competitiveness that he has, uh, the cover skills, uh, just that the ability to be a big nickel, but also uh, you know can play deep, can play uh, – you know the athletic versatility really gives him a lot of uh, ability to play all, all over the field. And so I think that's something that will help that Jets defense from day one, and I think that's what this team could be looking for. So uh, in the early second round, Petrie, I, I think that would certainly make sense.
0: All right, lock it up. Jalen Petrie, round two is Dane's. Selection here. Uh, the fun question is what's your favorite name from the safeties group? I mean, there's gotta be one at Ooh. least. Isn't smoke Monday a safety
1: smoke Mondays in there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, there, there's a Yusuf Corker. Uh, it's fun. Uh, from Kentucky, oh, yeah. uh, bubble, Bubba Bolden, uh, Miami, uh, uh safety, former, a uh, USC transfer. He's, um, you know, a little banged up, uh, but uh, he's got a chance to be a late round draft pick. um, how about uh, you know, maybe the best name in the entire draft, uh, Dane Belton? I mean, for obvious reasons, I mean, Dane B, you just can't can't beat that.
0: <laughs> well, so I, 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 I if your name if your name's Bubba, you you got it, you, you're pretty good, right? Like, uh, you, I I, I, I had you, the name I like, you I got, like the name Bubba,
1: Bubba. Yeah, you definitely have a case. Uh, if your name is Bubba, uh, I, I can't pronounce his first name, it's that Demusier or it's so it begins with a D, um, uh, but yeah, but that's why we go with Bubba. Uh, he, he, he played for that, uh, uh, Bishop Gorman in Vegas and went to USC, went to Miami. It's been a little up and down for him over his uh, college career, but, uh, when he's on and he's playing, uh, you know, on time, uh, Bolden's a, a pretty good, a pretty good player. He's got range, can, can make plays on the ball. So, uh, I think he could be a, a day three type of a uh, prospect in this draft.
0: But is Smoke Monday's real, like his legal first name, Smoke
1: legal first name i i don't know about that um you know that, that's something that i think we have to investigate uh because okay. uh, i i don't know if that it legally it's his first name but that's what that's what he goes by
0: it, it, this is like sauce gardner who we'll talk about right it's like similar to that
1: well it was sauce we you know we definitely know his first name is uh, ahmad and so you know it's sauce is just that nickname that he had since peewee uh that you know coach gave him and he just kind kind of stuck with him um, but I, uh, you know, with, with, smoke Monday, that, that's, that's what everyone calls him. So I think it's a little more, uh, official, uh, with him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I, my, my choice, not that I have one is if I had a vote, it would be for smoke Monday. I mean, if your name is smoke or if people call you smoke, th- there's something there. So I'm going with smoke Monday and who, who are you going with? Dane Benton, Benton?
1: Yeah, no, actually smoke Monday. His, his given name is Quindarius. Um, that, okay. that, that's his, that's his, uh, given name. So, um, but everyone, everyone calls him smoke. I mean, that's, his, that's, that's what everyone calls him by, but, uh, not, not his legal first name, but still a good one. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, Bubba's good. Bubba Bolden's good. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dane B. Uh, Iowa junior came out early, uh, probably going to be a day three pick. Uh, I'm going to go, go stick with the Dane B's. Uh, I like that.
0: Dane Brugler going with, uh, I don't want to say your namesake, but Dane B, keeping it with Dane B, and I'm going with Smoke Monday. That's how we wrap up the safeties episode of NFL Draft Preview. Dane, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, thanks, Ethan.